Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Wayward Dragons. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Uh, we want to apologize in advance. We are using our not our normal uh, recording program. It seems that our normal program is having some technical difficulties. So if audio seems a little off, that is why. Yeah, we're having to do a weird, <laughs> very weird setup right now. We're having to record through Facebook and... <laughs> <laughs> and our podcast distributor we're having to record through facebook and our podcast distributor yeah instead of just doing it all on one thing and we've been fooling around with this for about 37 minutes a little bit longer than that and uh ah, this is the best solution we could come up with so we're gonna see how this goes <laughs> this is uh this is gonna be an interesting one but hey if the sound quality sounds better than normal be sure to let us know <laughs> <laughs> yeah Maybe this will be our new setup. Who knows? <laughs> well, you're kind of sideways on my screen. So if this is going to be a new setup, I'm going to have to fix it where I can turn my monitor the other way. Uh, otherwise, you're like, no, you're still sideways. <laughs> Just leave it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, we hope everyone had a safe and happy holidays. Yes. How was your trip? Um, it was fun. It was enjoyable. Uh, I experienced a few new things. I went to a, like a fusion Chinese or Oriental, uh, pizza place and had, they have like General So's pizza and what was delicious, uh, I thought it was <laughs> the best thing ever, was a crab rangoon pizza. What? Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> the best thing ever. What? Uh, so, a crab rangoon pizza? Yes. For real? Yes. Also found a place that it was an all-you-can-eat sushi place. And so we go in and it was like 30 bucks per person. And we were like, all right, what all's covered? And the guy's like, well, anything on the menu is covered. Like, what? Yeah, he goes, yeah, anything on the menu. Just order whatever you want, as many as you want. So I ate more sushi than I'd like to admit. <laughs> But it was delicious. That's great. <laughs> how uh, how about you? How was your holiday? It was okay. Definitely a little weird. Don't really know how to feel, especially right now. Because um, my, my grandma's birthday is at the end of the month. So dealing with a holiday without your anchor person is very weird. Um, and got some weird family stuff going on um, with my brother. So, but overall it was, it was okay. Definitely a little weird though. But, uh, yeah, my mom, my mom actually got me a, um, crystal grid for Christmas. Oh, cool, cool. So I have to figure out. She bought me, like, this, um, it was a box with, like, 10, maybe 12 other crystals in it. And it had a, um, uh, a grid, and it's actually a sacred geometry thing that I just bought, um, uh, my boyfriend for Christmas. So um, we, I bought a big metal, uh, like, sacred geometry thing for him for Christmas. And it's actually the crystal grid that my mom bought me. <laughs> So I was like, oh, okay. I know what this is. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> So, that's pretty cool yeah yeah so that was fun uh yeah my dad's about to start his trucking so that's been kind of fun um he got two new puppies he got two great pyrenees puppies so i got to hold them like toddlers I and mean, they're probably about the size of toddlers they are they were huge your family just loves giant dogs like that's it just your family loves giant dogs yeah yeah it's mainly my dad my mom actually likes small dogs <laughs> My mom has a, um, like a, uh, poodle, like a small poodle. That's not a dog. That's an accessory. And then you have my dad who has, whew, at least two border collies, um, a bee 
Beagle, um, Cocker Spaniel mix. I don't even know what Scooby is. He's at least a Chihuahua mix. He lo- I call him my nugget because he looks like a McDonald's chicken nugget with legs. <laughs> well, you have Oreo, who's... A Mastiff mix. He's a hellhound. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a giant puppy. Yeah, my mom calls him the Shetland Pony. I mean, so. basically, he's... So, yeah. A child could literally ride him if he had a saddle. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, my dad's uh, my dad's puppies are for the goats outside. They will not be coming inside. They will have their own um, like uh, doghouse that's heated and stuff like that for them outside. They are purely to guard the goats. Does your dad still have like all those ducks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got ducks, chickens, guineas, and then they they got a wild turkey that just kind of showed up and has never left. <laughs> You'll take care of me now too. Like, and her flock has even like come through a couple of times, and she won't go back. Interesting. So yeah, he just keeps amassing more and more. And my brother's like, we need to draw the line at like cows, and I'm like, I'm sorry to let you know, but like that's part of the plan, and I can't tell him no. <laughs> you're gonna go over there one day, and there's gonna be an elephant standing in his driveway, oh and you're like, Dad, what the fuck? Be like, I don't know, it just kind of wandered up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. like Apparently, it's a big thing down where my dad's at to have, like, the mini cows. They're, Uh like, mini Wagyu beef cows, right? Mm -hmm. They're huge down there for some weird reason. And my dad's plan is to get one of those. But it was nice to see the puppies because they're they're so tiny. So I got to carry them around like a toddler for an afternoon. So that was fun. That does sound fun. But yeah, it was, it's a, like to be mildly serious. It's it's weird. It's the it's weird when it's the first holidays without like that major person. So it's 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 weird right now. I feel that. I have... Like it's a little weird right now. Yeah, I feel that. So but have you have you did you read anything interesting while you were away not really uh i mean of course i met my goal so with all the travel and everything i was kind of down i am currently in the middle of something but i really i just started it it's the make sure i don't get the name of it wrong uh if my books will pull up here uh, a conjuring of light which is the third book in the shades of magic series okay uh by V.E. Schwab. Okay. It's it's an interesting little series because it de- deals with like magic and multiverse. So it goes like kind of the whole, that whole old stick. Um, the way they do it though is interesting. But yeah, that's kind of it. I haven't really started anything other than that for the year. Uh, what about you? I read the book for this episode and whoo, that was, that was a little weird. I went on a weird roller coaster. Of weird knowledge. Um, I read The Mothman Prophecies by John Keel for this episode. Um, I'm going to warn people now, this episode spoils the book. We're gonna, we're gonna dive deep into the book. Um, also, the book is nothing, and I mean nothing like the movie. Well, you are going to be spoiling it. I'm gonna be sitting here listening intently because while I have small highlights of Mothman, I don't have the vast knowledge that I'm sure you have inquired or acquired rather uh yeah i'm mainly just gonna be sitting here looking pretty and all of our wonderful listeners can enjoy my lovely face that they can't see (laughs) yeah yeah so what what what's that old saying i've got a face meant for the radio and a voice meant for silent films (laughs) (laughs) 
you are you're just full of them (laughs) full of something yeah so for this episode we're gonna go into what slash who the mothman is the events in west virginia slash southern ohio that happened in 60 66 and 67 and then a couple other places that people think he has been spotted and in the book he kind of goes into what other creatures are very similar i don't think it's relevant i guess but so we're gonna get into what slash who is the mothman and there's a lot of theories on what the mothman is in the book the mothman um prophecies he it's a ufo line like he it's strictly that mothman's a ufo that's what the line is in the book that's the undercurrent because i i didn't really understand what was happening and then it like finally clicked with me of like oh they think mothman's a ufo okay all right but the mothman is a major figure in west virginia folklore this is going to happen in point pleasant west virginia which is very close to the ohio border in gallipolis which is way way down it's a humanoid figure about seven ish feet tall with like a 10 foot wingspan with these huge glowing red eyes he doesn't have arms he just has the big big wings the first sighting was of a couple two couples in november uh, 12th of 1966 in gelden west virginia there was actually i did not know this um there's a new mothman movie that actually came out that's called the mothman legacy it should be on most major streaming platforms the director um seth breadlove he just kind of comes to the conclusion kind of all on his own that the mothman comes from irish scottish folklore so when all these people immigrated to the u.s they brought with their folklore like always and there's a lot of similarities between the myth man in a banshee and there's kind of he kind of goes on this thing in the movie i have not watched this movie there's an article that the mothman is a new creature that these irish scottish immigrants made when they came to basically appalachia in the u.s because banshees are seen sometimes before someone's death or before a disaster so there's kind of like that similarity in the eyes because he's got big red eyeballs so he kind of goes into like did they make this up you know this is something that they brought with them is this something that we made up in our minds is this a ufo john keel's convinced it's a ufo i don't blame him honestly he's got a lot of evidence like how he presents the book is a little weird but it makes a lot of sense once you figure out what he's trying to tell you the main event that mothman is attached to is the silver bridge collapse that happened on december 15th 1967 we're gonna go up we're gonna go through the events that lead up to the bridge collapse which is about a year prior to that bridge collapse that is what john keel kind of connects with his book the mothman to the bridge collapse there wasn't really before there wasn't really any correlation but with his book he makes he makes it one not it's very subtle the first reported case was of those two couples that see the mothman in 19 in um november of 1966 in point pleasant point pleasant like i've said is in west virginia it's near the ohio uh border it was a war were two munitions plant area they have a huge tnt place like testing zone and that's a lot of the sightings that happen of mothman is around this tnt zone type thing the movie the 2002 movie called the mothman prophecies starring the great richard Gere. it's a great movie it's one of my favorites it also has the chick that plays grace from will and grace in it um she's not in it for very long um but it it kind of goes into the major just the bridge collapse in general 
general and a lot of what the people like the sightings they make the movie makes it seem like the sightings were quite frequent up until the bridge collapse that's not true um prior to the bridge collapse there actually wasn't a lot of mothman slash ufo sightings um how did we get to the bridge collapse this is we're gonna take a wild ride a lot of ufo rides about a year prior to people seeing the mothman a lot of the people that saw the mothman were actually seeing ufos a year prior to seeing the mothman yeah and it wasn't necessarily like seeing a person it was seeing a spaceship and their lights um a lot of the encounters people had where they would see lights they would see um ship lights my question is how credible are these sources i don't know john keel makes it sound like they're from super credible people um i don't really know you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt in my opinion um because he does talk about you kind of do have to weed out the crazy people because a lot of it is people kind of having a hallucination type thing but they're also these because they would the people that would see ufos and that would one of them would later see the mothman they would have other experiences that would go alongside this after they would encounter the ufo and the mothman which we'll get kind of into but he 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 kind of weeds them out i guess i don't know it's it's a lot of weirdness so it's possible that there's some sort of psychosis in there it's also possible that these people are just sensitives yeah okay yeah sorry i'm trying to look at this both from a skeptic point of view and from a metaphysical and occult point of view yeah so well he goes into like talking about how your thoughts if you think about it too much and like if you have a collective people thinking the same thing then your thought becomes a reality kind of like how someone who has telekinesis can create a poltergeist okay so he also kind of goes into that there's a whole theory that kind of is and it goes into that uh but there's one of the podcasts i listen to has several episodes where they talk about they have a whole theory that culture guys are actually just manifestation of women and young girls as they're coming into womanhood and it's the manifestation of their natural powers lashing out uh, because they're kind of becoming one with themselves and they're the change of the body and the uh, feminine energies of you know life the life force of reality um, kind of lashing out creating these poultry eyes i can see that so i was just you know a little curiosity there he says a term he says summer of something it begins with a g um i don't have the actual book because i listened to it um but he said the that um it was the year of something the whole time which is like the thought thing because a lot of these people sound insane like the encounters that i would hear these people sound insane the wise often sound insane to the uneducated they would give absolutely absolute gibberish of like there was one person that said the pope was gonna die he was gonna get stabbed it almost happened but a year after what they said so it, it i mean i could i could go into some a whole side quest with that but i feel like that would be best for its own episode uh so to me that doesn't discredit the individual because time isn't linear and yeah well and that's kind of what they keep saying is he like we'll go into men in black here in a minute um because that kind of is a big thing with this is you have men in black like the movie um but not like the movie um come about and that's what they say we'll see you in some time they always say a weird time thing so the the first sighting of the actual mothman after 
everyone sees all their UFO weirdness. Um, it's two couples. They're out driving. Um, I didn't really find out where they were driving back to, like where they were driving back from, but it's two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallette. They told police that they saw a large gray figure whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described the creature as a large flying man with 10 foot wings and it followed their car. That's one of the major things I saw or like I heard with the encounters with Mothman is he will chase after your car, which I thought was kind of weird. And over the next few days, a lot of people start seeing him. There's two volunteer firefighters that see him and you start to get into speculation. And this is kind of, I think it's in the movie. I can't remember. But you start to see that it gets kind of discredited. The people, the sheriff tells people it's a um, Huron, which is a crane. Oh, um, Heron? Heron? Yeah, Heron. Huron. Yeah, thank you. Heron. That's a lake. Is Leave it? me alone. Okay. Yeah, like Huron. Uh-huh. It's one of the great is five it? lakes. Oh, I know yeah. that. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I don't know geography, so <laughs> not my strong suit. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. So the sheriff, the local Mason County sheriff, basically tells people it's this large bird. And same with the, there's a wildlife uh, biologist that they kind of get involved that basically says it's a um, sandhill crane, which is weird because they're actually, they don't live in that part of West Virginia or Ohio. They're a non-native bird. So it's kind of weird how you will say like, oh, it's this bird, but it, the bird doesn't live here. So I'm, I'm super confused on how that happens. But they, they kind of give the bird as an as a excuse because when it's a very large bird, the crane actually has red around its eyes. So that's kind of why they say, oh, it's this crane. And John Keel. Weren't the accounts at night? That the eyes glowed? Yes. That doesn't make any yes. sense because, I mean, if they're bioluminescent eyes or if they reflect, reflect light like a cat's eye, then that would explain the glow, but they would have to have some kind of red tint to them. And if it's just red around them, their eyes, that typically wouldn't glow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a biologist by any means or, a, uh, you know, I don't have a degree in birds uh i forget what that's called i think it's like a, <laughs> a i have no clue. anyways i i don't have a degree in birds i'm not a birdologist yeah um but i don't know if yeah. any birds that are bioluminescent in any way shape or form or that will reflect light like that yeah and that's what John Keel goes into in his book. He actually carried around pictures when he would go interview these people. He would have two pictures of each bird and show the people pictures of the bird. And they would say that that is not what they saw. Because he's like, I want to make sure that like these, it's not what this, what they're saying. You know, the that's what the public is saying is, you know, it's this bird. But I've got people saying that that's not what they saw. There's a contractor, Neville Partridge. Uh, he tells the sheriff that the eyes are actually, they're like bicycle reflectors when he sees okay. them. And then afterwards, uh, he couldn't find his dog. So he, they start to think that Mothman has, par has taken his dog. 
he can they can see the footsteps of the dog in the mud and then kind of it makes a circle like it's chasing its tail and then all of a sudden the tracks disappear they don't really know what happened to his poor german shepherd but after this and he goes into more account of this encounter in the book you don't really see this in the movie afterwards all these people start getting weird phone calls and this is actually in the book or in the movie but it's richard gear that gets them it's not the other people but the people who see mothman start getting very weird phone calls of like beeping on the other end or it sounds like they've put like a like a record player but there's no sound coming it's like a weird mechanical sound and it happens a lot when they're talking about the mothman and the ufo sightings that starts happening for a lot of people some people take their uh, phones off the hook because they just keep getting phone calls they're saying there's a folklorist that i found he says that there's a hundred reports of seeing the mothman um there's probably more because a lot of people were told didn't report it and that's kind of due to the men in black that you start seeing after these reports and so the men in black that's something similar to like caps for those of you know people who are creepypasta fans or uh the bprd who are comic book fans yeah. uh were yeah well and it's like a weird men in black so they kind of look generic they have like a generic name and they kind of look kind of normal i guess it's it's one of those things of like you don't remember what they look like they show up to your house they have an excuse to get in your house whether they're part of some like to get into this one guy's house they said that they um thought he might be an heir to some fortune and they needed to interview him and ask him all these questions but there's something very weird about them like some of the guys didn't have shoes or they wear outdated suits they'll use outdated language or term like slang they drive a very nice but old car they tend to pick to like older cadillacs when they would um go meet these people or they would walk up their very long driveways that's how they noticed that they um they didn't have shoes or it didn't make sense like they had a very muddy driveway and their the gentleman's shoes didn't have any mud on it so they were very confused or they weren't dressed for the weather so it's a lot of that weird stuff that starts to happen so i mean these individuals could easily be members of some sort of like secret government agency or some sort of fraternal brotherhood that deals with stuff Um, like this it's possible um it's not the cia because he john apparently had people that he could ask same with the fbi so he knows that they're not some form of government officials even though they would pose as government officials to get in these people's homes but you start seeing these men in black and they would tell people don't tell your story you know nothing happened type stuff and then you start to get other types of individuals you start to get these people that were visited by these ufos and by mothman they would start to get mind messages from these aliens and they would give them messages about the future like the thing about the pope just other things that were happening around the world um like the pope would give relief to at the time people in the middle east 
and stuff like that. He goes into a lot about it in the book, but they would have names from John's books, which he thought was kind of weird. But the messages were technically telepathic and they didn't make a lot of sense. You have a lot of these people and a lot of them were in Point Pleasant at the time. But there was a lot of UFO sightings that started in the 60s. So it's just because he called them connectics. Connect something. Connect connectus. I didn't spell it right and I don't remember. They would get mind messages um, or they would get they would the mind message would tell them to go out to like the middle of this field in the middle of nowhere and they would get picked up by the spaceship. They felt like they would be gone for hours at a time and it was like only 30 minutes. It's it's craziness. John would end up like if he was he these people would also write him letters of stuff and he was starting to find that someone was messing with his mail. It wouldn't be sent to the right house or the mail would be opened or the mail the mail that he was mailing to these other people would be tampered with and at the same time there was a period in time where they would cut his phone line. He kept having problems with his phone line or because he recorded when these people would call him to tell him what had happened. He would record their phone conversations and when he would go back to listen to it, it'd be nothing but static. So like you have a lot of weird, a lot of weird stuff starts to happen. But a lot of that happens for the, from November of 66 to about a month. So maybe like late October of 67, um, apparently leading up to the bridge collapse, there wasn't a lot of activity, so to say, um, from all of the people that he had that were their connect points to our universe. Because they would tell those people that, like, they won't let the world go into nuclear war. Um, they won't let us destroy the planet. Um, but we have to be careful, was a lot of the messages that he got. And a lot of those stopped a month before the, um bridge collapse. So that brings us to November 2nd of 1967. That morning, Miss Thomas calls John Keel and basically says that she's had a nightmare of cars like driving into the river. She doesn't understand what this means, but cars are going into the river. And she's one of the people that had had seen the Mothman. And then a couple days later, Miss Heyer, Miss Mary Heyer, she's a major focal point in Point Pleasant, she calls, she's with him because um, he's on his way back from Washington and he kind of makes a pit stop. And um, she tells him that he's had a very, she's had a very similar dream, but she knows it's the bridge that collapses and all she sees is drowning people and Christmas presents in the water. That's all she sees. Um, and that's actually in the movie. That's a very creepy thing in the movie is the bridge collapsing. And everybody in the town, even when he got there, everybody in the town kind of said that the whole town felt kind of off. Like it, it just felt a little weird. And then on November 19th, they start to see UFO sightings again, but it's lights. They, nobody gets a dream or anything. They just see a couple spaceships with lights and that's kind of it until December 15th. There was a message that John had received basically saying that when the White House Christmas tree was lit on December 15th, that when the switch got flipped that all of the u.s would be painted in black it'd be a huge blackout and so he's he's watching the tree get lit and he is prepared for a nationwide blackout 
and that's not what happens. The news interrupts the feed, basically saying that the silver bridge has collapsed. And he knows that there's only one bridge down there, and it's the silver bridge, and he knows exactly where it's at. At 5.04 p.m., the bridge collapses. Collapses, and 50 cars go into the water. We'll get into the bridge itself, but a lot of people die. There's a couple people that they end up never finding. But in the movie, basically what happens is, is they have to beat the Mothman at his game, um, which I don't understand. They say that like 30, he tells her that like 38 people die and she comes out of the water. So only like 37 people die or some stupid shit like that. But weirdly around this time of the bridge collapsing afterwards, while they're trying to rescue people, there are people that say that they see UFO lights. This lady in particular sees 12 different sets of ship lights. She, it scares her so bad that she packs her kids up and goes to her mother or mother-in-law's house, which is on the other side of the river it scares her that bad in a couple like a month later they move out of the point pleasant area a lot of the people in his book actually don't make it 10 years after the bridge collapse mary hire for example she dies in 1970 um a lot of these people that were these connect points for these alien ufo people end up um, dying mysteriously committing suicide they don't live very long after this unfortunately you think it's because they knew something or that? I don't know. And like at the end of the book, he kind of goes into how the Mothman has like a regular flying pattern, like a migration pattern. People tend to see him around the solstice. Not really sure, but we'll go into the bridge collapse. So the bridge collapsed, like I said, on December 15th. It was during rush hour. People were trying to get home. It's five o'clock p.m. 50 cars go into the water 46 people die two are never found they link the failure to a single eye bar on the ohio side of the bridge that causes the whole collapse it is a fracture that's like two millimeters of course it's ohio's fault i know it is um (laughs) but basically the bridge was built in a time for lighter cars You know, you got to think the Model T was not very heavy. You know, it weighed 1,500 pounds. And the average semi-truck truck truck at that time was 20,000 pounds. At the time that the bridge was made, the time that it collapsed, the average car weight was 4,000 pounds. The average semi weight was 60,000 pounds. So what just basically happened was it, it was a bridge not made for the right time. Um, It wasn't made for the amount of traffic that it was going to have. And that's eventually what led to its collapse. The people that had these dreams, they, they link it to the UFO Mothman sighting. These people that were getting these dreams, they saw the Mothman, they saw these UFO beings. And that's where the bridge collapse starts to get connected to the sighting of the Mothman. The bridge itself was built in 1928. Um, It carries U.S. Route 35 over the Ohio River, and it connects Point Pleasant to Gallipolis, Ohio. The new bridge is about a mile down river, the Silver Bridge Memorial Bridge. The collapsing of this bridge passed a lot of legislation to inspect older bridges and to make sure that they're up to code and they don't collapse like this one did. Um, that's mainly what came out of this bridge collapse was minor infrastructure legislation. So, Well, of course, because nothing changes unless something bad happens. 
such as human nature. Yes. I was just going to say there is one bridge still in, I want to say, Brazil that's built the exact same way as the old silver bridge um, in the late 2000s. They remodeled it and made it safer, but it is still the original structure. Gotcha. So there's a couple of thoughts that come to my mind with all this. <laughs> okay. One of which is that the Mothman could have been a thought form by from a psychic or group of psychics trying to... He goes into that in the book. Does he? Okay. Mm-hmm. He like touches on it in the uh-huh. beginning. Because that's kind of my thought is that it could be a thought form trying to raise awareness that something bad is going to happen. It could also be some kind of creature being from a different dimension because, you know, extra dimensional beings, I'm a firm believer that they are a real thing. Uh, You know, that's where all of our afterlives and stuff lay, but that's a different episode. (laughs) And that's part of what he goes into is Mothman technically can't fly. With how much he weighs and his wingspan, he should not be able to fly. And he flies like a helicopter. You know, go up and down. He doesn't fly like a normal Like a bumblebee. Yes. So that's why there's kind of the heaviness on him being a extraterrestrial being or a thought of many psychics. Because a lot of these people that become these connect points have latent psychic abilities in some form. So I don't know if that takes into the account they did start a festival in 2003 the mothman festival it it happens on the third weekend in september it's like a huge they have like a pancake eating contest and that's where the 12 foot tall statue was unveiled was the first festival um that's kind of like their thing that they wanted to bring people to point pleasant as like a kind of tourist thing they do have a museum if anyone has not seen that statue, look it up. It is thick. Like, it is. No statue has a right to have a booty <laughs> that thick. No. <laughs> no. Um, the museum opened in 2005. I thought this was kind of interesting. I don't know if this is 100% accurate. Um, but in June of 2020, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement that happened, a petition got started in West Virginia to replace all the Confederate statues in the state of West Virginia with replica statues of the Mothman. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to include that little bit of information. I don't know if it's 100% accurate. It is on Wikipedia. As of June of 2021, they had 2,200 signatures. I think I actually... I don't know how to find the petition. I think I may have actually signed that petition. Now that I think (laughs) about it. I think I may have actually signed that petition. (laughs) So, there is a petition that is out there. If people want to replace the uh, Mothman statues, or the Confederate statues in West Virginia with replicas... Of the Mothman, it is out there, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Very much so. <laughs> like, I just, I think that's absolutely awesome. So we've gone into completely about the Mothman and everything about the Mothman. It, you can speculate. A lot of people say he's a cryptid, that he's an actual creature. Um, John Keel goes into that he's he has migrational patterns and he's seen in certain places around the solstice. He was spotted in North Dakota at one point. He's been spotted in Russia. We'll go into other places he's been spotted. Honestly, after reading that book, I'm I'm at the point where I really don't know what to believe. He's a being, whether he's 
created from people's minds or a UFO, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure. So I don't know. So what else do we have to say about the mystery that is Mothman? So the last part that we're going to get into is other places that Mothman has been uh-huh. spotted. I will say I do know of this first one that I am going to talk about. I don't necessarily know about the second or the third one, but I have heard reports that he is uh, he's been seen uh, this first one I'm going to talk about cuz this where he kind of gets his is he an omen or is he a bringer of death? So I after reading the Mothman prophecies, I'm kind of leading more towards he's an omen. Not quite sure. But one of the first other places that he's seen is at Chernobyl for the Chernobyl meltdown. So April 26th, 26th, 1986 in the Soviet Union um, in Chernobyl reactor four meltdown, which means bad things. The only thing is, is the rumors of Mothman being seen there started decades after the meltdown, which is a little weird. Um, rumors basically started on the internet that the workers in the town that's nearby and the workers at Chernobyl um, and basically the first responders to the meltdown, they saw the Mothman around the scene. Workers uh, beforehand, like a couple of days beforehand, apparently had encounters with him. The only thing is, is they would also have nightmares. That's the one thing that I noticed that was different than the Silver Bridge collapse was that these people would have nightmares and they would have insomnia. Um, the only thing in in West Virginia was these people would get visited by the men in black and then all those weird people talking to them in their mind. So that's the only thing I saw. Um, but the sightings report came out after the Mothman movie. So... You gotta have to take yeah. that one with a grain of salt. I've heard this more well, than once that he that was way. seen at Chernobyl before the meltdown. Um, you can kind of take it at a grain of salt. But I've heard that more than once. Yeah, these are all kind of iffy. Like, I don't know. Um, there are rumors that he was seen hours before 9-11. So, and that you could see his face and wings um, in the smoke and debris as the towers fell. I take that one with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, only because I remember watching that on TV. Granted, I was in fifth or sixth grade at the time. You're, what, a year younger than me? Yeah. So you would have been in fifth yeah. grade? I was in Miss Jackson's class. <laughs> and yes, we would sing that song to her. Before 9-11, there, had, there was 31 years between sightings, but apparently people saw him five days before the attacks happened. I'm always skeptical when something is popular like that and, like, well-known, and then it doesn't come out yeah. until afterwards. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I totally saw Mothman. Yeah, but did you really... Yeah, it's like we don't really have a lot of firsthand accounts of, I mean, we do have firsthand accounts of Chernobyl, but as far as I know, there's no 
thing about Mothman, so I'm I am super confused. I can see where after the movie, people kind of are grasping at straws, trying to connect him to something. And same with 9-11. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. After reading the book, I, I just, I was always up in the air. Now I'm super confused and still up in the air. There was another uh, Route 35 bridge collapse. This time it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, August 1st, 2007. 13 dead, 145 injured. Apparently there were Mothman sightings huh. a month before the collapse. We have a we have a listener in Minneapolis <laughs> and I'm curious yes. if they know anything about that. Yeah. So that's the only couple places I could find. You type Mothman sightings into Google, all you bring up is the West Virginia. Um so I just I don't know. Um there's a lot of theories about the Chernobyl thing. I, yeah. I don't know. Super confused. So I just, I don't know. Um, John Keel does go into creatures that are like the Mothman from different mythologies. Because there are other winged creatures. Slight humanoid creatures in other mythologies. Um, like the Thunderbird, Firebird, and Fairies. He kind of touches on those. But he, like the first or second chapter, that's all he'll talk about. He talks about a whole bunch of them. But if you're into UFO sightings and kind of want to understand how it all got connected, it's a great book. But you have to go in there knowing that it's connect. It's UFO. It's UFO based. It's it's all aliens. I mean, if we learned anything from History Channel. Yep. so i mean it's an interesting book it's interesting where it all got connected yeah i'm good on (laughs) that made my head hurt (laughs) cool well uh so our next episode we are going to be tag teaming it we are going to be delving in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like do you have the next three i, was like, I mean okay. i figured we were tag teaming <laughs> that's <it>. fine <laughs> okay that's the no, wait wait which one which one's the next one no the yeah. next one you are doing the one after that we are tag teaming that's what it is <laughs> yeah i missed an episode <laughs> yeah, i, I was apologize like, uh... the next one is all on you because we are switching <laughs> back and forth on sabbats so the next one you are doing in bulk yes Yes, yes. Because then after that, we have yes. Eastern uh, horoscopes, which yes. is that is what we will be tag teaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm not sitting in front of my calendar. So, uh, you got me confused for a hot second. I've been thinking for like the last two <laughs> weeks that the next one we were doing was the horoscope. I completely forgot about Impulse. <laughs> And I feel horrible for that. No. Because I'm the one that told you, yo, impulse before that. No. So we got to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> because I'm a big dummy. You totally were like, yeah, we got to do this before that. And I was like, oh, okay. It's okay. It's the first it of the year. There's a lot going on. It has been an eventful and hectic year thus far. 
I mean, we ended the year on a sad note with the passing of the glory that is Betty White. Yeah, which was very sad. But all her powers went to Dolly Parton, so Dolly Parton's, like, super powerful now. So, <laughs> we gotta protect Dolly Parton. <laughs> we gotta protect her. Yeah. We gotta protect her. I don't Just know, I think it's split between her and Elvira. Because Elvira is Ooh, up there yeah. in age. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this fun thing, and I would love to see this movie. But it was a fun thing where, like, Elvira and Dolly Parton are sisters. And they're both, like, one's a dark witch and the other one's a white witch. And they have to get together and battle the forces <laughs> of evil. And I'm like, I am all about this. This would be the greatest <laughs> movie ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that That would be great. Yeah. I, could, I would watch that. Hands down. Hands down, I would watch that. They would be competing to see who had the taller hair. Or the biggest boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I both you know, like shelves. some people say it's a blessing. Some people say it's a curse. Personally, I think that if you have boobs that are that big, you're going to end up having back problems when you're older. And, you know, I... Mm-hmm could see that being more of an issue than not but with the exception of my uh <laughs> a cup here i don't really <laughs> that's fine i'm keeping all this in <laughs> yes ladies yeah. i am rocking the dad bod well <laughs> yeah it's okay though. There are girls that like dad bonds. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, statistically speaking, someone's got to be into shut it. Up. So, I don't know. Anyhow, I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, please rate, review, and subscribe us, and please tell a friend. Please, please tell a friend. And if you guys are interested, I know there's a lot of. Uh occult shops throughout the country and stuff. I'm actually looking at putting together a flyer that you could hang up in the local occult shop because a lot of occult shops and small coffee shops and stuff like that have little like public posted boards. And, you know, if you... I'll put something together and post it on our Facebook page. But if you guys want to post that around, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we want to make new friends. We want to have... More listeners. Yeah, let's do some web weaving yeah. and uh, get all that love out there. Yeah. Yeah. Stop by our Facebook page at the Wayward Dragons. Come say hi. Share our posts. Um, if you're not able to share our posts, please let us know. Because um, sometimes that gets a little weird. Um, if you have a cryptid story or just a scary story in general... Um, email us at the Wayward Dragons at gmail.com. Yeah. And until next time. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.